This is Mouth Media Network, your inside voice. Hi, everyone. I am DM, co-founder and CEO of Artist on Go. Beauty empowers every human being and gives you confidence. That's what I love about beauty. I am Arti. I am the co-founder and head of product at Artist on Go. Beauty is being yourself, feeling comfortable and confident in who you are, and presenting that to the world is beauty. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Welcome to another episode of Beauty is Your Business. This is Karen Moon, and I'm joined with my amazing co-host, April Frangino. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. So DM and RT, so excited to have you on the show. You know, I've been following artists on Go since the early, early days. And so would love for you to tell the audience, one, what is it? And then what inspired you to identify this problem and need that you're solving for in the hair industry? Hey guys, I'm Arti. I am the co-founder and head of product at Artisan Go. And, you know, when I started really looking at Artisan Go with DM, DM comes with a breadth of knowledge from 15 years in the industry, you know, massive salon business, working directly with creators as well as customers. He educated me on how my dollars were being spent and how they were being utilized. So a couple of things that were really interesting and obvious to me. First was technology had not touched the industry in many ways. Everything that we were seeing in market was focused on how to get a better, cheaper price for the consumer and not really focused on the creators and also the industry behind. The second thing that I was noticing is every time I would go to a salon or to get a service, I would ask my provider slash creator at this point, hey, what should I use? Should I use a dry shampoo? Should I use this color? Should I do that? Should I be doing acupuncture? What you know, relaxing cream should I be using? Many, many times, even though they wanted to help, they seem like, how is this helping me spending another 30 minutes with you and I'm getting $0 out of it? Also, hey, here's an Amazon you know, link. Go do your own research. Maybe it's a true product, maybe it's a fake product, but that's how the conversation went. So what I learned is the economics behind it. And the economics was really not favorable to the creator. So what we decided to do at Artisan Go is create a direct channel between the consumer and the creator. So when I go to the consumer, I should be able to take the service, take the product recommendation, and at the same time, my stylist or my provider should be actually benefiting 100% from that transaction. I shouldn't have to go to five places. I shouldn't have to do my own research. And also, I shouldn't have to be thinking, am I getting a fake product or a real product in the market? It should be very simple. And that's what we're trying to do at Artisan Go, resolve all those issues. Cool. And and just to clarify, so Artists on Go is a business in the boxes, but targeting the hairstylist and not the consumer, at least at this stage. Correct. At this stage, but I think we are building the database of all the customers of creators so they can understand their hair, make the notes, what kind of a shampoo and other products they should be doing. And very soon they should be able to recommend and sell the products. 
Yeah, so I mean, let's kind of walk through an experience from a creator standpoint. If you're a hairstylist, you can work from a salon. Like, walk me through how this is addressing kind of their needs and actually where the power dynamics headed anyways, right? If you think about a customer and they own the relationship, oftentimes we think of our hairstylists as therapists and we'll follow them as they go from salon to salon. So it sounds like you guys are giving the hairstylist the power to, you know, rent a chair in any salon. So disintermediating that portion, kind of like an Airbnb style thing where they can find a chair work from different places. So it's almost like enabling them to basically make creating their own business, not being tied to the salon a lot more accessible. Can you walk us through how that's different? You know, maybe the experience of a stylist working in a salon versus them owning the channel and what that experience is on Artist and Go and how that's better. So if you really see the landscape of how the beauty services happen, entire driver we all have a hairstylist slash therapist. Our loyalty and trust is with them. But at this current place, they work for the salons. They have no control on their, their own autonomy and they work as a worker for the salon owners. Also, they make just 25 to 30% of the revenues they generate. The reason that happens is because they don't have resources to work independent. They don't have a half a million dollar to open up a salon. They don't have another half a million dollar to operate with the big teams. This has been a big challenge in the last 25 years. And only salons which you see existing in the market, they are owned by hairdressers who have resources. As an artist on go, we see that every creator slash hairdresser needs a space to work to be independent, then they need their own shop to sell the products and they need a full autonomy and freedom so that they can sell or use the products they really believe into it. And all of that, if they do it, they enjoy two things, full autonomy and as a creator. And at the same time, they have full control on the business they make, which by the way, they make like $100,000, $150,000 every month. Today, it's not possible. Because most important thing, they don't have a space. So we started at Artist on Go, providing them this space, which they can rent it and start their own independent business. Now you will ask me why it's so different by renting a space here. I mean, they can go and rent anywhere else. It's important because every artist, every hairstylist has their own needs, personalized needs, which neighborhood they want to work, how many years they want to work what type of a services they do it. So really, you are asking for building a million dollar, half a million dollar salon for you, which is very personalized and to fit your needs and your client needs. But you don't have that much resources to do that. And that's where we come in. As Artist on Good Technology, we use the existing salons, which suits the needs of these artists or creators, we match them and we match their plans based on their needs. So now they can work independently and rent their spaces in a very flexible and personalized terms. That actually creates the cornerstone of their moving in a different direction. That provides them full autonomy. And now they can make decisions, what products I want to buy or use on my clients or what should be my prices, what should be my schedule. And they become independent like any other celebrity hairstylist, if it makes sense. In terms of monetization, I mean, that's a big impact on these artists. In current scenario, if a hairstylist, typically hairstylist does a business of $100,000, 
they take home $30,000. Artists who are working with artists on the platform independently, if they're doing a business of 100K, their take home is anywhere between 70 to 75,000. So it's like two and a half times or three times. Once they have their own e-shop sources, their business becomes from 100K to 200K and their take home becomes from 30K to 150K. Just like we're talking about three to five X income of all these creators. Amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about the logistics of establishing the network of creators and then the salon locations that they work with and how that worked? Sure. So every creator on our platform or in general has their own needs based on where they have been working. So if I have worked all my life at a salon in Soho, my clients are based there. So most of these clients have personalized needs. They work with some typical products like Estee Lauder, L'Oreal, Bella, whatever it is. They work in a typical one or two neighborhoods and they need some equipment. Like if I'm doing Balayage, so I need the whole bag bar and everything built for that. B, as a technology company, have algorithms which takes and takes all their needs and from hundreds and thousands of top salons based on the budget and the time they want. We offer them the rental plans. It can be as short as five hours or three hours or as long as two years or five years. So literally, as I said, what we are democratizing is that you can own a salon for $500 a month and you don't have to do anything. You can come in and you can get out. You have no operational liability. Can you walk us through a little bit more of the details of how you got creators on the platform and then also how you go about connecting with the salons that they want to be in for their network and where is best for them? Yeah, so the cornerstone of our entire acquisition is, is the existing users and ambassadors. You know, it's too good to be true, but once they experience it and when they see their check in their bank account, like the money coming in $100 or $300 versus $20 or $30 earlier, they start talking to their friends. And so referral and network effect, as you said, is the most champion thing, which has got us most of the clients. We have a dedicated team which goes to the salons with our partnerships with L'Oreal and Vala and other other brands. And we look for the right like-minded salons, which matches all these hairstylists. So if we have our on the salon acquisition side, we, we work with partners and ourselves to identify the right and qualify them. And on the artist side, it's mostly referrals. What I want to mention here is that we have a very rigorous process of vetting every artist or salon to qualify so that when we are being an intermediate to match them, we know the details what we are doing there. I think it's so interesting as we think about where the creator economy has come. Now, even all the hairstylists are certainly creators with their own followers. I definitely look up an artist's like Instagram handle before I decide where to go. So it's just super interesting that you're enabling them to become their own entrepreneurs, almost like a Shopify or Airbnb of like kind of like the end to end that they need to do. That's really cool. I know I was trying to book with one of the artists and it was neat because he was telling me that I could choose a location that was most convenient. Are you seeing some of the artists choosing to go in like two different locations or like be flexible? Like what are the trends and behaviors that you're seeing that are making them grow from 
not only existing clientele, but like actually really expand their business beyond the essentials? Yeah, so I mean, the answer is yes. This is kind of a game changer for a lot of stylists because we give them this whole selection of location with the stability. So most of the artists, we see that they have one base location where they have a storage and they have friends and they know everybody and they spend like 85% of business there. But then they have a flexibility there if they have a CEO client and high-profile VIPs or a lot of their clients have moved to Brooklyn or another neighborhood or they're working. Now they have a flexibility that they can meet in between or in middle of like three friends from the work want to see the hairstylist. Maybe one couldn't comment, but the other two. So now hairstylist, don't worry about it. I will come there. So we do see a lot of hairstylists spend 85% at the base location where their entire material is there. And they use these 15 minutes to other locations to kind of build their business. To add on this, you will know that People move every five to eight years and it takes a lot of time, but they don't want to lose their hairstylist when they move. So before Artist On Go, there was no way for hairstylists to cater that segment of their clients, which are moving. Now, actually, they don't have to lose those clients. The leaking bucket is not that much anymore because of the location. So I know you guys have started with the supply side problem. So really with, you know, building the supply side of salons and then now, you know, on the creator side, eventually, I'm curious how you're thinking about a consumer marketplace, you know, to discover and help drive traffic and things like that. Is that kind of in your roadmap down the line? Yeah. So as I mentioned, you know, consumer is a big part of it. And Karen, to one of your previous questions, you know, we are seeing the trend of how the product in its existing form and shape is already impacting the customer, just like starting with what is convenient for you, what day, what time, what place is convenient for you, the adjustment in pricing, but also the e-commerce has already started as well. So just making sure that the technology is there to support that. And then one of the most interesting things that we are seeing is the product is built, you know, there are a lot of features which are free where they can pre-book the clients, where they can collect the data on the services they are providing to each and every client, their contact details. And we're seeing that being monetized already. So our job next is to make sure it's a seamless experience and just expand on that technology. So not only can the artist pre-book, but also there is a consumer element of where I can just subscribe to the products that you suggested me. I could pre-book with you and so forth. Shipping matters. I'm Denise Dente, co-founder of Buzz Beauty, here with my business partner, Jessica Quick. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Denise. Did I hear you say we're buzzing about shipping this week? Because that's a little bit different than sales and marketing. Actually, that is the point. Shipping is highly connected to the customer experience. It's not just about the big warehouses filled with boxes and tape. During this last year, we really saw online shipping skyrocket, which established really new customer expectations when it comes to shipping. It definitely did. And it's one of the reasons we encouraged our clients to look at their shipping a little differently. Consumers want shipping options based on what's important to them. I always want free shipping. <laughs> I know you do. And that should always be an option. 
but consumers are willing to pay a premium for expedited shipping, so making sure you have that option, or some will prefer to save money and accept a slower form of the shipment. And now there's even curbside pickup. So the point really is about giving your customers choices at checkout. They also want to know exactly where their order is at any point in time. There's nothing worse than waiting for something and not knowing where it's going to arrive, when it's going to arrive, or where it's at. So that communication piece is also critical. There are so many ways to communicate with customers, including these email notifications that are fantastic, great tracking systems that can really set your brand apart and be that marketing tool that can help you create that positive customer experience. Absolutely. And with those communications, you can still put your brand voice in there and have a little fun with them. There's no need to send boring emails or alerts. So thinking about shipping as a marketing tool can positively impact your customer experience and even increase your retention rates. If you want to keep buzzing with us and you're headed to Cosmoprof North America in August, reach out to us at info at buzzbeauty.com. We'd love to connect with you when you're in Vegas. See you there. Well, I'm curious, like, um, from your background, and you've worked at so many, like, cool, disrupted startups from telemedicine with the Uber founders, you know, at Pager to, like, Gemini and crypto. What was it about this opportunity to disrupt the hair industry and, you know, basically the creator economy there? What attracted to it, and where do you think the potential is and lessons from other industries that apply here? So one of the most interesting things is the team. You want to go back in the field with people you trust and you know startups are not easy. So you want to be in there with people who have the resources, who have the vision. And that's what attracted me to Artists on Go because Dan had not only the industry knowledge, but also the grand vision of how things are supposed to be. So that was super important to me. And also we have other team members like Pat Parenti, who's the former CEO of L'Oreal for 26 years. So it's a very, very solid team. In terms of what was the other thing, I think from the consumer standpoint, I was like anyone of you where I did not realize what the economics distribution was. All I knew was there's a guilt, there's a Groupon, there's a way to get a cheaper service. And I'm thinking... My artist is making so much money. What are they complaining about all the time? They're wearing the Marc Jacobs sandal that I want to buy. <laughs> like they have a better lifestyle. I did not really understand what the industry was and how the legacy model was like completely untouched by technology. So that to me was like, okay, this is a perfect industry that needs to come to terms with what creators want, how their lives are today. And what consumers want. We weren't being heard. I remember I had to go to Oscar Blondie in New York City many years ago. I used to go there. The only reason I stopped going there is because they would not give me any appointment after 5.30. <laughs> and I'm like, I am not the ladies who lunch. I go to work. How am I going to come to an hair appointment at 5.30? But now I don't have that problem. I can text my artist and I can say, Hey, I want to do a Saturday or a Sunday. Give me time in the evening that can work for you. And he'll give me three slots. So I think as a consumer, I felt the pain. As an advocate for the person that I had the core relationship, which is the artist, I understood his or her pain in terms of economics. 
And then as a technologist, I was just blown away how the model is so old. So beyond the greatest team, like, you know, I was like, okay, I can hold this team's hand and we can make a difference to millions of people. You know, what I think is so interesting is how deliberate you guys were in starting with the problem around location first and now moving into product. You know, what's interesting there is if we think about the wholesalers like L'Oreal, Kerastos, you know, they don't have data or CRM since it's all a wholesale business. Tell us a little bit more around the disruption of the opportunity you're seeing there as you're kind of enabling stylists to sell products. Yeah, I can jump in. So I think day one, we we identified top three problems when I was operating all these salons. And the the one was, what was surprising at Aki said is that we clearly wanted to make a one-stop shop for the clients. Like, hey, I like this hairstylist or this service provider, this creator. I want to buy my tools, my products, everything from there. In order to do that, we had to take first stop at the location, so which we did that. But the second big problem, which we always thought is that L'Oreal and other big brands, I mean, if you really see how the distribution of products works, they sell all their products to the distributors and distributors sells to salons. So literally nobody knows that you are consuming their shampoo and you have been sold by another creator. There's no data. Unless L'Oreal or all these big brands wants to open their own salons, which they've thought about multiple times to open their salons to track that data, but it's much expensive process. We talk to all these brands like a lot of time. This is a unique opportunity for them now. They have a clear distribution. So now a big brand is selling a product through us to artists and artist is selling it to or using it on a client. And this entire data visibility gives all the brands visibility to what areas they need to innovate, where their products are being consumed, why they are being consumed, up to the level of consumption. It's a big, big, big issue which we are solving for the industry. It sounds like there could be an opportunity to help young emerging brands also launch too. Is that something that you see like because you have all the creators on the platform already? Yeah, absolutely. So what we are seeing our vision is clearly that if I am a creator with a great formula and a great brand, which I already created, as of today, I have to actually, and if my other creator community cannot sell it, because I have to go back to the distributor and sell it to them and they're going to buy. So it's a, it's a long process. I think what we are doing is we're democratizing them. So if you have a great product, it doesn't matter it's small player or big player. With Artist on Go, you can pick and choose what philosophy you are using product. If you believe in organic products, some of the organic products for the skincare or for the scalp, you don't have to marry one product and be in the box for the one product. It can belong to another creator. It can belong to a big brand or it can belong to a NGO, which is believing in keep the planet safe. So... We give them a lot of flexibility to practice their philosophy on and also to meet the philosophy of a lot of clients. I mean, they, they don't want to use a product which has sulfate or proven. Today, if I'm working under a brand which uses in some of the products, creators, unfortunately, doesn't have that flexibility. So that clears up that. It's so amazing how many opportunities this doors this opens for creators and for customers. 
I'm curious, along the way of getting the network established, what has been the biggest challenge that you've come across and how did you sort of work through that? I would say a lot of people or other tech companies have been working on the outside problem or superficial problem, I would say, like solving, booking an appointment. I think uh, for us to nail down that in the hierarchy of how will we streamline and create a value prop for the end customer? Let's say if you believe in organic beauty and you believe in a creator and you live in Soho and you have a lifestyle, how do we empower trying to choose all the boxes, not one box, and also monetize to, to creators? So I think putting all those pieces together and nailing down that how our roadmap should be and solving that problem has taken me 15 years, in all honesty. We are thrilled to see our vision is coming through now with this uh, technology solution, what we offer. It's amazing. It obviously has all come together at the right time. I think everything comes together and the technology is there and there's the desire for flexibility that people have now and for things to be on demand and tailored to them. So what better time could there be to have this out in the world? Absolutely. I mean, we see a lot of people are selling their stuff which they don't even know about it and in beauty industry what was appealing to the problem which i got attracted is that as a consumer you're buying products based on packaging pricing or random recommendations or reading the blogs of the people you don't know you're doing everything but not buying a product from the guy who you trust most and despite commerce beauty being such a big business the creator who is running this is not getting any advantage monetary of that, or he's not in the center of the game. So I think for us, what is important is that now beauty, the entire, either it's product or tools or services, is majorly driven by the skillful creators. And we are bringing them in the center, not only to help people make decisions, but also they can make benefits and make some money out of their skills and monetize it fully. So I think that's kind of the whole game changer for the industry, what we are seeing it. And we're already seeing that brands, customers, and salon owners, and everybody's rallying for that. There, as Aati said, nobody used technology, so that was a roadblock. And with her being the co-founder and experience of cryptos and pagers and other things that helped us to kind of put everything seamless now. Amazing. Look forward to like following the progress and where, I mean, it's obviously still early days, but a lot's been accomplished last year. And it's super exciting to see just like where it will head. I could see so many inefficiencies kind of coming together. It's almost like you could visualize where the product's going, which is super exciting. So up next, we're going to get personal and hit the pan with RT and DM and get to know them at a deeper level. Have you taken a look at StoryDot yet? Every brand and every product has a story to tell, and you can't successfully sell that brand or product without telling the story. StoryDot delivers your story wherever you want it to be heard. You can meet your customers at each point in their journey, connecting the dots between your business and the consumer to enhance engagement, experience, and conversion. I encourage you to take a look at StoryDot at StoryDot.com. That's S-T-O-R-I-D-O-T.com. 
It's hitting the pan. So we're back and we're going to hit the pan. And to figure out who gets to ask the first question, we're going to take a spin of the pool here. And it lands on April. So I'm so curious since, you know, you guys are embedded in the industry. What are your personal favorite can't live without it hair products? Like what's the one thing that if you could only use that, you would choose? (laughs) It's a hard question. So I'm a minimalist. So I think the coconut oil that my mom uses for head massages is, you know, especially the one from Trader Joe's. It's been amazing. But I'll add another one. L'Oreal has the instant hairspray for darker roots. (laughs) And there've been many a times when I've skipped a hair color appointment and I'm like, uh, I need to go to CVS and buy this. So I would say those two things are super, super casual, nothing, you know, fancy, but super important in my daily life. Love it. Now we all want to try that coconut oil. (laughs) It's supposed to be for cooking, but it's, it works for hair. Pretty amazing. What a great tip. I used three hairstylists in my lifetime. And I got the first shampoo Crestas from one of the hairstylists, which is one of my favorite. It's so difficult to pronounce the name. And so it kills me like I cannot even go and buy directly on Amazon directly. And if I don't go to the shop and off of my shampoo, it's trouble. That inspired me actually to write it that. So Crestas shampoo, I also love Orbe products, their conditioner, especially for the thick hair. So I love that. And L'Oreal has amazing men's gel. So I use three brands for my hair and I have to go three places to buy that. Wow. That's impressive. That's devotion, I would say, to your hair. No, but that's actually, I think, true. Like even I'm listening to Dean's answer, I'm saying I have to go to two places and I did try to buy L'Oreal Roots Concealer online and the product that I received, I wasn't sure it was actually a true product or a great product. So I actually had to go to CVS, which is the only place or the salons that would sell it. That's true. I wish like every time I got my color done, my hairstylist would just be like, here are two bottles when you're going to miss the appointment. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be perfect? (laughs) Would be, it would be. It would get him a much larger tip. (laughs) Too funny. And we'll take another spin of the pond here. And it lands on me. So I wanted to ask both of you guys about your entrepreneurial journeys and just kind of your own personal development throughout that. You know, DM, I'll start with you. I think we kind of understated, you know, you're a serial entrepreneur, not only have you been in the industry, but quite successful in building and running and exiting, you know, like a 1500 chain salon. And so like being an entrepreneurial from that brick and mortar, raising from some of the top tier investors like Sequoia, I believe, to this, it's a very different thing. But curious, you know, second time around, how is it different? What parts are easier? And how is it from your own personal like perspective? I think from personal perspective, I would say in my first entrepreneurial journey, you reach to a comfort zone and restarting again as an entrepreneur, you see a lot of hardships because you're starting from the scratch. But I would say this one, this journey, I mean, the first 15 years at building and launching Jean-Claude Begin in seven countries gave me a base and foundation for understanding the industry 
players' needs and what they wanted, expected. In this current uh, artist on go, I think with technology and the vision, it's amazing when you have 15 years of insights of the industry and with the power of technology, what you can see your entire industry changing rather than just 1,500 salons or 5,000 salons or 10,000 salons. You, you literally are not even touching in brick and mortar 0.1% of the population. At Artist One Go, what we're excited about is that our vision is to reshape the entire industry and it makes value prop for all these stakeholders from the brands and creators and clients and everybody. It's already happening. So most challenging part what I find today is when you have visions to change the industry and then you have a tactical sort of day-to-day job at the initial level and acquire 10 salons and 10 creators the bandwidth to move from that vision at like a 10,000 feet to coming down and executing at 30 feet as an entrepreneur you need a that agility to just keep back and forth and not miss one or the other so it's hard, but that's what makes you a real entrepreneur. And it's interesting. I think Robert Rathkin, you know, he's um, CEO of Compass, which went public for billions. He posted something of when they just started and he had his red backpack and was like, if you call us, I might be showing you next to your apartment. It's just kind of funny, like, you know, when people are, you know, shipping bonobos pants out of their apartment or whatever. Like, I love hearing the early days of things and how they grow. RT, what about you? Like you've been at several startups. How are you thinking about from a personal standpoint, like what motivates you about doing the next thing or, you know, when you balance just how crazy entrepreneurial life is? Yeah. When I was at Gemini, there was this thing that my career started at E-Trade and over there, they imposed in our head that every product that you build is going to impact life savings of many, many people. Like to you, it might be a feature, but to them, it's their life savings for 50 years and they're depending upon how those funds get invested, et cetera. And that was a similar trajectory at Gemini, which was like making access possible. And that theme continues at Artist on Go. You are changing the life of every creator one service at a time. We have codes and codes from people who have, I mean, if you go and look up on Instagram, these people are like clearly saying, it has changed my life. I did not have the confidence to go alone. I didn't have the money. I didn't have a million dollars to set up my own salons. I had almost lost passion. I have an artist who said, you know, I am creative director for so-and-so big brand. I'm pulling in 600K, but I take home 200K at the end of the day. And I'm there's so much pressure to make numbers. I've lost the soul. And then he started using us and he was like, this is what I came to do. I wanted to be a creator for that freedom. I wanted to create my own art. And then I wanted to have the benefits of it and not always be at the tail end with no control, no freedom. So the theme in my career seems to be access. (laughs) It's all about opening up access and giving opportunities to people, whether it's the creator or someone's life savings and making their lives financially so much better and just giving them the opportunities to be wherever they want to be, whoever they want to be, and still have the opportunity to live a very decent living wage, basically. Cool. So what's the best way for um, listeners to get in touch? 
they can always reach out to founders at Artist on Go or our Instagram, which is Artist on Go. We do get a lot of artists reaching out to us on Artist on Go Instagram. So most welcome. We're pretty diligent in responding, but find us on LinkedIn or founders at artistongo.com. Artie and DM, thank you so much for sharing your vision and everything you're doing to like kind of disrupt the industry and actually give back economics and flexibility to the creators. It's really exciting and definitely some of the more interesting trends we're seeing technology now. Really enjoyed the conversation. As always, this is so much fun to do with my co-host, April Franzino. This is Karen Moon from Beauty Is Your Business signing off. Hugs and kisses. This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, audio for business.